I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Scott. Hello. And Jonathan. Hey, hey, y'all. Today we're going to be talking about San Diego Comic-Con. It's our whole focus. Uh, there's a ton to go around, but uh, we're going to dig into the network updates real quick. We have a brand new sloop that just dropped this weekend, basically in honor of Comic-Con. We, we had to do a uh, superhero movie. I went with the best ever, Dark Knight. So go check that out. Uh, a lot of Heath Ledger praise, but I think that's fitting. And then we have uh, a new Disney Moms that just came out about cars and a new Trek Freaks with a Disney mom herself, Susan. So go listen to all the episodes. A lot of our shows are on break right now, but it sounds like September is when we're going to get a lot of them back. So looking forward to that. Um, and then also starting in August, uh, we're going to be running an, uh, ads for NordVPN. So just wanted to kind of give you guys a heads up for that. Uh, it'll be it'll be right, right before everything starts getting underway. I uh, just wanted to give you that warning ahead of time. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, if you guys want to go to NordVPN, code Geek Freaks gets you uh, a month free. So I'm just saying, throw that out there. All right, let's get right into Comic Con. Uh, Jonathan, what did you want to get out of Comic Con? What were you looking forward to? So I know there's going to be all this uh, Marvel and superhero movie stuff going on, but what I was really looking forward to was more Avatar news. You know, we yeah. heard they opened the Avatar Studios, and I'm like super pumped, ready for them to just start pouring out content. And we don't even really have a drip yet going. So. <laughs> We got one very small drip. Yeah. 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 So uh, people were kind of anticipating that we were going to see, uh, they, they said they're making three movies. Uh, mm -hmm. So one was going to follow Avatar Kyoshi. Um, one was going to be Zuko's story. Yeah. Like the, like the book after the series ended. And then uh, I don't remember what the third one was supposed to be, but anyways, they revealed in, in the Comic-Con that this is going to be, about uh, Avatar Aang and his friends when they're a little bit older, like young adults. Yeah. And kind of, it sounds like the period between Avatar and Legend of Korra. Oh yeah, that's what the third movie was was uh, thought to be, was Akora. Legend of Korra. Yeah. yeah. Which I think, uh, I think that'll be the case. I think it'll be a Fire Fire Lord Ozai one as well. I think they could really kind of mm -hmm. fold in a lot of that story of what does um, the Fire Nation represent now that they're not, you know, conquering the entire time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That'd be very so, interesting. I think that'll be cool. And you get to see that kind of, People love the the steampunk industrial revolution, you know, period. And so we see that transition the from start of that, yeah, from one time period to another. And the founding of Republic City too, which is gonna be yeah. a really big, really big part of the story, I'm sure. Uh, Scott, as for you, what were you wanting to see out of at a San Diego Comic Con? Um, you know, so I think you know one of the big things on my mind, and probably most people's minds, is you know we have these big franchises, Marvel, DC, and between you know. Obviously, DC's has has a lot of growing pains, and you know Marvel, you mix in COVID. It's just kind of like, where are these franchises even going anymore? Right. Yeah. Um. And and you can really feel it. You know, a lot of some of them. You know, some of the movies that have come out, they've they've been very mixed. You know, reviews and uh, it's starting to hurt. I think some of these franchises. Of course, then you know Thor: Love and Thunder apparently made a bunch of money. So. Yeah. It's not hurting as much as we think it is. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm suffering from $600 million piling on me, <laughs> which is what the, the numbers were this morning. Yeah. Um, that's basically what I wanted to. I wanted to hear some sort of direction because that was the common complaint, especially with phase four of Marvel, is these aren't aiming somewhere. We're not going for a Thanos. And so I wanted to hear what's the game plan? What are we aiming at? And then for DC, I've lost all confidence in everything they're doing. So build some confidence in me. Tell me that you're doing these one-offs all the time. Say, hey, hey, you know what? We're just going to keep doing the Batman and Joker, and that's it, and 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 those kind of things. Random Aquaman movies, that's fine. They don't need to be interconnected. That's totally fine. But show me that, and let me know that 
that's the game plan. Because right now it feels like you guys don't have a plan and that you're, I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. If you guys watch the DC panel, it basically feels like The Rock is running DC right now and even he's not sure about it. So it felt like a mess. It, it still feels like a mess. Uh, but let's go ahead and go into that Marvel panel, the one, that, the biggest one of all. Uh, it looks like that we, we're going to be ending Phase 4 with Wakanda Forever. Does Phase 4 feel like it makes more sense now, looking at what we, the information we've got so far? No, I don't know. I really don't get it still. Um, yeah. it, it just seems, it still just feels like movies for the sake of movies. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, obviously with, you know, the Black Panther side of things, especially, sure, you know, they had to course correct, you know, with um, the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of like we're just doing Marvel things, but there's it, it still feels very, very directionless to me. Yeah. And then if you look at the I think if you look at so we have let's go into phase five and phase six. We'll just discuss what's going on here. This is going to be called the Multiverse Saga, and it's going to end with double Avengers movies. Uh, and we'll go into that in further detail. But one of them is going to be the King Wars, uh, King Dynasty is what you'd call that, actually. Um, and then the Secret Wars. So I think when you look back at Phase 4, you do kind of see where they're planting those seeds. But I also feel like Phase 4 has been a little bit of like, what do we do now in a post-Thanos world? So I think we're not only kind of coping with Thanos, we're setting up a multiverse and we're having to create like larger than life earthbound uh, superpowers, not necessarily like human or not like superheroes, but like Wakanda and like actual nations and stuff. So I think that's kind of what's setting up because the King Wars is going to be actually a person conquering Earth. Like that's what that story's about. And so it's going to be important that you see armies, not necessarily heroes. And I think that's what, you know, Wakanda Forever is going to be setting up. While we had like Doctor Strange that was setting up uh, multiverse a lot more and, and things like that. Um, going into phase five, we have a lot of movies here. Jonathan, is there anything that or shows uh, anything that's standing out to you? Uh, I can't wait to see Blade, though. To me, it doesn't yes. seem like it fits in with the rest of these very well, but I'm hoping it's amazing because I love the old Blade movies. Yeah, November 3rd. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for this as well, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of... When you go Guardians of the Galaxy, it's one of the big movies of the year. You got Guardians of the Galaxy, Blade. But you know what? I, I'm hoping Blade's like not funny at all. Yeah, right? and I think Blade can relate with Daredevil pretty good if they just kind of yeah. portray them similar. Then those can kind of overlap a little. Yeah. We've got Thunderbolts. It's going to be closing out Phase 5. Uh, we've been building up Thunderbolts for a while, which is kind of nice. That's actually something that's been built up. But basically, it's the Avengers, but kind of shitty. And so we have we have U.S. Agent instead of Captain America. We've got uh, Yelena instead of Black Widow. So, we, you know, it's people that we do know. Abomination mm -hmm. instead of Hulk. Uh, that's pretty the B -team. cool. The B-team. Yeah, the B-team. It's kind of like, it's going to have a Suicide Squad feel, I think. Which is going to be good. <laughs> and then a Captain America New World Order. Again, when I'm talking about building up nations, that might be another situation to build up nations. Uh, this is going to be with Sam Wilson's Captain America, too. So no more. Even Chris Evans came out and said, because people were like, I think it was like the Hollywood Reporter that's like, we don't know which Captain America they'll use. And Chris Evans, who played the old version of him, is like, no, I'm not Captain America anymore. Sam Wilson is the Captain America. <laughs> that's it. I don't understand why this is so confusing to you people. <laughs> and so he cleared that up. You know, I mean, we talk about an Avengers movie, but I guess, you know, a lot of people are probably asking, what does the Avengers look like by that time? You know, I mean, a lot yeah. of people have already left the franchise. They're probably going to leave, 
you know, between now and then. So, you know, I mean, who are the Avengers by the time right. we get to these movies? Um, and I'm not sure. Maybe you know more. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, because I mean, we yeah, we have a Captain America. Um, you know, Spider Man may will probably still be around. Um, you know, Black Widow is pretty much over. Um, they have to introduce a new Iron Man. So, uh, you know, it's just, there's a lot, you know, obviously a new Black Panther, um, you know, is Thor, is Chris Hemsworth still going to be playing Thor by then? I mean, I don't know. You know, he's, he's been around a while. Um, you know, we might be looking for a new kind of Thor replacement, you know? Um, and I'm not sure if they've really planned for all that, you know, because you don't want to just do like Justice League dig and just kind of throw together this team of like heroes that no one's really invested in, you know, that yeah. no one really cares about because they haven't even seen, you know, there haven't been these lead up movies like they did in phase, you know, phase one and two that were, were really good. It might be time to do like the comic books do where you kind of write in and write out characters. So maybe Thor had a really good run and they're like, all right, we're going to make the next movie is going to be kind of his sign off where he's going to go on and maybe isolate his world. And they're just going to live in harmony. And, you know, they, the people decided they don't want to be involved with, you know, the drama from earth or something like that. But in that, you know, he hands the torch to some other alien hero that's going to come protect earth in his, in his place or, you know, something like that to kind of bring some of these, these great heroes that we've known to love kind of take them out of the story and bring in, you know, new fresh blood. Which is kind of what they do with Sam Wilson, right? With Captain America. Yeah. Uh, but but you're kind of saying like, then we could bring Hemsworth back if we need to. It's hard to bring back, you know, old school Cap. He's, he's very old now at this point. But um, you could play around with those. And, and I think, yeah, I think this is the investment right here. I think this is where we're going to start building up the new Avengers, which, you know, we see Daredevil. He's a classic Avenger right there. Ironheart, there's your replacement for Iron Man. Marvels, we're probably gonna, you know, get a better look at, you know, Captain Marvel, and, and then we have Monica Rambeau and, and Kamala Khan. Um, so I think we're 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 gonna build a new Avengers out of this. Blade on the Avengers, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how dope would that be? Him and Daredevil working together as an Avenger like that. I want to see that so much more than Hawkeye and Black Widow, which are the other two like grounded superheroes in the Avengers like those two are better ones <laughs> that's going to be dope I think it'll be a bit I think it's going to be a bit for us to trust this new Avengers team it's not going to be our old school team but we got to at least you know build that trust and then we'll see how much Secret Evasion throws things off too because Secret Evasion although a series might be very important because we might find out that oh hey this one person was a scroll the whole time and fake Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, this person actually doesn't exist or something like that. That could throw things off. And then I want to make sure to call out Loki season two because Loki season one now apparently is the most important, you know, Marvel property of the last two years because it set up not only the multiverse, Kang, the big bad for everybody now, it basically set up everything that's going on for this next saga was this TV show. Very yeah. interesting for Marvel to put everything on that one show. So season two obviously is going to be setting up the next two Avengers movies. And I, I wonder how much of that they actually knew they wanted what was concrete in that and how much of that was just kind of testing the waters to see what people liked. Because that's what it seems like. It was kind of, we're going to put a lot of options out there and see what really does good in Loki. And yeah. that'll be the direction we continue with. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they, they definitely, I think they were definitely say, setting up the multiverse. And yeah, then it was, yeah. I think they've been kind of like, kind of trying to figure out like, 
how much does the mainstream understand multiverse? There's yeah. been a lot of explaining that. Me and Scott were talking about this uh, a couple of days ago, where all of us were Star Trek fans, we're comic book fans, we're video game players. Multiverse is just a term that we know that mm. makes sense to us. But if for your average Joe, that might not make much sense. So they kind of have to use these properties to explain multiverse a little bit. The idea that there's parallel universes. Yeah, and I think like if if that was too hard for the the broad public to grasp, they could have just at the end of it broken the multiverse and said, yeah, you know, it's you can't travel through the multiverse anymore. And that would have been the end of it. But because it got a lot of attention and people really liked it, they're like, okay, we're going to continue this route. And, you know, now we see their plans for the next few years. Yeah. What, what we don't see in this, and I'm a little disappointed in, is we don't see anything about X-Men. I thought we were going to yeah. be getting some X-Men pretty soon. Well, if you look uh -huh. at old phase six over here, let's go and move to phase six. We've been looking at phase five. Phase uh -huh. six, next one down. You'll note that we have Fantastic Four, a ton of dates with no logos, and the two <laughs> Avengers movies in the same year. Uh, I mean, 2025, guys, I might just wear Avengers shirt every single day of the month because, look, you got on May 2nd, we got the first Avengers movie, The King Dynasty, and then on November 7th, uh, we got Avengers Secret Wars, which mm -hmm. is one of the biggest storylines ever in Marvel. Actually, they basically redid it because it was such a big deal. I think all these extra dates are going to be... That's where we're going to get our next Thor movie. That's where we're going to get another Doctor Strange. That's where we're going to get X-Men. Because there's a lot of dates that are not shown here. And maybe at D23, which is in September, which is a Disney-only event, we might get a little bit more of an idea of what's going on here. But mm -hmm. I think there's going to be some big stuff. Uh, just to kind of give everybody an idea of those two big Avengers events. The Kang Dynasty is Kang the Conqueror coming to Earth and actually conquering the planet. And mm -hmm. so it should end, you know, the Empire Strikes Back kind of thing, where the bad guy won. and it'll probably end this way, right? Where the bad guy won and Earth is conquered and we're now under Kang rule. Now, Secret Wars, the newer version of it, is an um, interdimensional fight where you, you know, you'll find five different Captain Americas fighting alongside each other, fighting against each other, a little bit of everything. Um, and at the end of it, which if you're a DC fan, I know uh, Scott's familiar with the story from the CW-verse, uh, all the multiverses basically get squished into one and then there's only one version of the multi uh, there's only one universe now, but which is how you make sure the X-Men work out well. But all of a sudden, like the X-Men that were in this universe now we're always in the main universe or, mm -hmm. you know, Miles Morales. This is actually the, how Miles Morales happened. Miles Morales used to be a different version of Spider-Man in a different universe, but now he's part of our universe because of Secret Wars. So that's, you know, that's what can happen there. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on, on phase six and, and anything still on phase five? Yeah, I'm just excited. I didn't I didn't even think about how there's so many blank spots in there. So that's a whole bunch of stuff they just didn't want to tell us yet. But I do I like the dynamic of X-Men, at least, you know, the older movies that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing I was kind of hoping that we would get to is that the Avengers, they're so everybody in there is, is a god. They're so yeah. overdone. I mean, except for like Black Widow and some of the smaller ones, but there's not very level of a playing field. And in the movies, they they stretch and try to bring, you know, some people down and some yeah. people up to level it out. But I'm hoping that, you know, as we're working towards more Avengers movies, you know, like we were saying, they're going to change some of the characters a little bit. Uh, so I hope, yeah, I really hope we get the X-Men involved. Uh, but to kind of level the playing field amongst the Avengers to make them feel more like a team like X-Men is. That's one thing I I'll shout out on Phase 5. If you look at like Blade, Daredevil, Ironheart, Echo... Uh, mm -hmm. that Captain America, 
Thunderbolts. These are all ground level heroes pretty much, right? They're not like super amazing. Nobody's a god from Asgard. Nobody's, mm -hmm. you know, the supreme magician, whatever, that runs magic, basically. So <laughs> it, it's all much more grounded than normal. Even the Guardians of the Galaxy is the most chill group in space you could imagine. So it's pretty grounded for being space pirates. Um, by the way, on that Guardians of the Galaxy, it is the last time that this Guardians of the Galaxy crew will be together. So it sounded very sad and everything like that when they were talking in the panels. And um, yeah, that'll be too bad. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm curious to find out, I guess, because, you know, it seems I liked what Jonathan was saying, right? How Loki just kind of felt like, let's just throw things at the wall, see what sticks, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, how many people didn't watch the show that will then go and watch movies? You know, um, and how will that affect their experience? You know, will it, will it just be too many people who are just a little confused or just, you know, just, there's just like this plot's just really weird and I just don't really get it, um, uh, because they don't have this foreknowledge, you know, maybe they don't have Disney plus or maybe right. they just don't really sit around and watch TV, you know? So, you know, I mean, hopefully enough people have watched the show that, won't be too much of an issue, but it is, I think really kind of a gamble, you know, that was just kind of brought on by COVID production issues to, yeah, base the future of your franchise really on what is explained in a TV show, which is pretty yeah. interesting for Marvel, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of, uh, Disney using their, their power. I mean, their access right now, like they can, by, by putting stuff on both platforms, they're kind of leveraging people into you got to get Disney Plus. You got to get yeah. caught up and watch a show because you you have to watch the next movie. You're going to love it. You want it. And like, well, crap, I don't want to watch the next movie and not understand it. So maybe I do need to subscribe. I think they're at the point where they're so, you know, well known and so famous, so popular that they kind of can convince people to subscribe just to get caught up on that series. Yeah. And if we look at like, if you guys went to Doctor Strange and didn't watch WandaVision, mm -hmm. then your version of Scarlet, Wa Scarlet Witch went from the end of Avengers Endgame, where it was like, hey, mm -hmm. we won, um, and then all the way to the fact that you know, well, Vision died, so she was sad about that, all the way to the fact that she's straight up evil mm -hmm. and is looking for her kids. That makes no <sighs> sense if you didn't happen to have Disney+. Plus. So I, I think that you're right. Marvel's kind of just like, look, guys, you're going to need Disney+, Plus if you want to keep up. And Loki as well. If you didn't watch Loki and freaked out like the rest of us when Kang showed up and all mm -hmm. of a sudden people are talking about, oh, my God, that Kang thing. And, and, and you're going to be lost. And mm -hmm. I think that this is a way there's a there's a pro and a con to that. Right. The pro is that Marvel can take time to set up these characters in a better way. If they used if if this existed during the first, uh, you know, three phases, I think there would have been a Thanos series. They would have explained him trying to raise Gamora and all that, which would have made Thanos's character better. So there's that part too, where we can really invest time into these characters and actually learn who they are instead of just being like, trust me, Iron Man, he shoots stuff. What I think would make Disney plus a little better in this aspect, the fact that they're trying to connect TV and movies and they're trying to, they're trying to get money on both ends of it. I think they should offer maybe like a premium membership. That's, you know, $2 more or something like that, where you can watch all the latest movies maybe just one week after theaters instead of waiting like, you know, four or five weeks yeah. or whatever it is. That way you don't have to pay the money to go. If you're already like, man, I really, 
I need to subscribe to Disney Plus because I got to stay up to date. And now I got to pay the ticket to go into the theaters to watch the movies when they're hot and fresh. I'd rather stay home, watch the movies and just be a week late rather than, you know, have to do both. Even if they did that $30 a movie thing like they were doing uh, during COVID. Well, like it's I expensive, totally, but yeah. <laughs> well, but if you think yeah. about it, if you're taking a family, like I, I go to the movies by myself all the time, which is depressing mm. sounding, but it's actually great, guys. <laughs> it's nice and quiet. <laughs> the seat next to me gets to hold my popcorn. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Going into Comic-Con, leaving Comic-Con, has your confidence changed in Marvel? Jonathan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I don't know. It, I'm a little more confident in Marvel just because we see they do have a game plan moving forward. Yeah. Though it's not really clear what it's going to, how well it's going to be executed. Uh, and like you're saying, in, in phase six, there's a lot of, you know, questions left unanswered. So, uh, but we see they have a direction and, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how well they execute it. But it's good to know they have a plan. Yeah. I myself, I'm, I'm far more confident. And I think that they, they, I'm way more confident. And I think they retroactively improved phase four by doing this. Because now phase four makes a little more sense um, in the fact that it's this transition pay phase. We're setting up Kang and the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on, on, on this going forward? Are you more confident in Marvel? Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely, you know, I think we all have to understand just the, the state the world has been in, you know, the past few years, um, you know, and that's had an effect on the production of everything. You know, whether it's games, movies, shows, you know, the entire entertainment industry has just been slowed down. Um, they're trying to evolve, you know, like Disney Plus in, okay, well, people aren't going to theaters, but we have these movies that are ready to be sold, you know. So how do we make the money? Um, you know, how do we make our subscription service seem, you know, the best it can be? Uh, without cutting into movie profits, you know, things of that nature. So it's a transition phase on a, a lot of different levels, not just the story, you know, because, yeah, we're we're coming out of the Avengers. We're coming out of, you know, a large part of the franchise. And and like you said, trying to build to a new Avengers and a new team um, and whole new storylines. So it was, I think, just kind of a perfect storm of just. Difficult conditions for them. Yeah. Um, and and we have seen some struggles, but it seems like they are really working towards ironing that out. And, and that's mm -hmm. great. Before we leave Marvel, let's talk about that Wakanda Forever trailer, which I think I've legitimately watched about 10 times already. Uh, wonderful music. It really sets up this big battle. You've got to remember, this is going to be ending the phase. So this has to be like an Avengers level movie. Does it feel like it gets anywhere close to like the first Avengers movie? Jonathan, any thoughts? Uh, it's beautiful how it was done. It looks amazing, but yeah, I don't, I don't get the same vibes that we did from Avengers. This seems like, you know, a, its own kind of standalone, really good action pack, uh, you know, Marvel movie. But it, I mean, Avengers was so much build up to such a big climax that, yeah, this, this doesn't have the same feel to me. You know, the, the first, you know, Black Panther movie comes from much, much more of a place of cool confidence you know like they know their yeah. strength um you know chadwick boseman is is a very not like arrogant you know but he's very confident in himself and his abilities um and and that kind of reflects upon their whole kingdom and yeah now we're we've come into 
a a kingdom that's i mean it's hard to explain but you know they've 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 dealt in tragedy um and they're having their own problems in a world full of problems so it doesn't have that same cool confidence um and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing they're not trying to recreate you know the chadwick boseman black panther they're trying to create something with its own identity and i I think that's fine yeah uh just a real quick message so squeaks who was supposed to be on this episode he's sick as a dog uh for black panther he says more of an all of Wakanda coming together than the sister becoming back as Black Panther. So he feels like this felt like more of a Wakanda movie, which makes sense by the title. Um, just the feel of the trailer. And I think he's right there. I think this is going to be kind of a... Um, first off, I I was mentioning it before. I think this is going to be this big kingdom versus kingdom battle. Uh, a scale that makes it as big as an Avengers movie. And, and I personally think that it's not just two kingdoms fighting. I think there's a third kingdom fighting as well. Dr. Doom's kingdom. And mm-hmm. so um, I've been seeing some people talk about this where that, you know, there's the, the soldiers there with guns and stuff like that. Like those guys don't belong to anybody. They wouldn't belong to us. They probably belong to what Latvia, whatever it's called, uh, Dr. Doom's kingdom. So there's that. Um, and, and I like how you're saying like, yeah, Black Panther had kind of this cool confidence and now, I mean, Wakanda is shook. And so we're going to see Wakanda deal with that shake. Uh, what's an Angela Bassett, his mom. I forgot that she's even in this movie, but you you don't forget her in the trailer. Because the way she's like, I'm queen of the most powerful. I mean, like, damn, she's, she's <laughs> like a mad lioness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's furious at the world that with all the power they have, they couldn't save her son. And you're almost afraid that she's going to take it out on us. <laughs> like, we didn't do anything. We promise, you know? So I'm really excited about that. And, and uh, it's going to be amazing. It's like, it's, it's a wounded Wakanda. And will they make the wrong choice in this moment? Um, God, I, I'm more hyped for this movie than I already was hyped for it. Namor looks amazing. I love all the Aztec aesthetics with them. Uh, this, this looks like it's going to be dope. I'm pretty excited about this. And I think Dr. Doom's going to show up. <laughs> Let me see. Let's go over and uh, check out uh, what Squeaks has got for us for She-Hulk. Uh, my one surprise for Marvel. Never had my any interest, but the new trailer had me kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, the, so the She-Hulk is going to be 30-minute comedy, so it's going to be different than we thought. Um, and it looks like it's going to be kind of like a new, random, sometimes obscure Marvel character each week, and she's the lawyer for them. That I could kind of bite that a little bit easier than I can be like, she doesn't fit in well with the rest of the Avengers in that sense. Um, for X-Men 97, of course it's a watch. No question asked. Hopefully they still keep the 90s feel. You mentioned this before, Scott, that we're kind of getting nostalgia overkill. Fatigue. Yeah, mm. what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, hey, I'm a 90s kid, right? I was, I was born in 1986. Um, you know, I remember... Waking up, Saturday morning cartoons, X-Men was one of my favorites, sure. Uh, but, I mean, is there anything other than nostalgia being made these days? I mean, you know, when you, yeah. like, where's the original content? Where are the new stories, you know? Um, I just, the, the constant revamping and rebooting of, of stuff we've already seen before, it's just starting to really get old to me, personally. Yeah. This one, what I liked about the original X-Men series 
was that it stayed pretty close to the comics. I mean, like you felt like you didn't need to read the comics because the series is going to tell you the exact story. And I am looking forward to a series doing that again. So if it actually continues to tell a story of like the Sentinels and all that, like go for it. I'm totally definitely Magneto's going to be leading him this time. Um, and it's just basically going to be the next season. By the way, uh, I just remember this. It's not in the notes. Uh, both Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck have comic books coming out. Sorry, John, not series. But they're going to be basically new seasons of the shows. So it's, it's the fourth season of Gargoyles is going to be in mm. uh, comic book form. I'm going to buy so many issues, they're going to be forced to make it into a show. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we need. John, next you know, time you best. guys are going to see it, John's going to have stacks of comic books behind him, like falling over him, trying, trying buy a holding warehouse. him up as he's podcasting. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be awesome, though. Yeah, but nostalgia definitely feels like it's it's had its day. Um, I will say that, though, that this show beyond nostalgia, it was so good that I still have faith in it. And I, I agree with what you're saying. We need some fresh new content. My only concern is they they're not likely going to make fresh new content for our generation it's going to be all geared you know to the next generation and you know i understand that but i like some shows that are made for us to kind of like you're saying like bring back that that vibe and the feel of the shows we loved in the 90s but not retelling the same story do you think media doesn't understand it? like it feels like to me like i'm thinking like okay what company is even focused on that making brand new content for a generation like millennials that are 90s kids and geeks and da 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 da. I feel like Peacemaker is a good example of that. Like HBO might be figuring it out, but mm. CBS, one of the biggest broadcasting, what the hell are they making that I actually want to watch? Uh, you know, outside of Paramount, like Paramount Plus, the streaming service, great stuff on there. We got all the Star Treks. And I mean, I personally really love a sitcom called Ghost over there, but there's not a lot of, you know, it's not like it's geared for us. In comparison to when we were younger, our parents, all the shows were geared to them. Mm-hmm. Well, because, yeah, I think back then, like, the the parents obviously decided what the kids could watch. But now I feel like the next generations have kind of flipped that on its head where your kids tell you what they want to watch and (laughs) (laughs) you put it on because you want them to be distracted or something like that. So I don't know the way I mean, kids use phones and they're so involved in media now that they know what's out there. It's not a parent saying, oh, you know what? This, you know, goofy movie looks kind of good. Let me put that on for the kids. No, the kids are are picking what they want to watch. Because for all my complaints, um, you know, they, they, they do it because it works because I'll probably watch the, the, the X-Men show, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's also just, I just want entertainment, you know, and, and I feel very starved for entertainment these days. Um, and, but I think also our generation hasn't kind of begun the takeover of media yet you know like we're just kind of hitting that age where we may you know people our age may start to have an influence in media and being showrunners and stuff but we're not quite there yet and when millennials do start to have those positions of authority then then maybe we'll see different things um but i i think yeah you know who are the, the powers that be at these you know big broadcasting stations and things you know they they're just interested in what works and nostalgia does. You're right about that. That's a generation wide thing where the millennials are kind of getting into the higher positions later than normal because the generation before them just lived a long time and kept their jobs as long as they could. And so there's been a little bit of a a weight on that. So that's a very good point. Uh, Let's move on to DC real quick. It should be fast. We had black Adam trailer. (laughs) 
I wanted to gain some confidence out of DC. I have none now. Did you like that Black Adam trailer, John? I I thought it looked good. I don't I yeah. don't know. I mean, I don't have anything to to dog yeah. on it for. It looks clean. Um, I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I don't know yeah, if it's. I gonna... think it definitely looks good. I, I want to clarify. I do like the Black Adam trailer. I just uh, wish okay. that they showed <laughs> more than just the Black Adam trailer. Like they showed that in a Shazam trailer, and I guess oh. you can count Sandman. But I wanted a Superman. I want. They have a Flash movie coming out this year. They've got, or I mean, it's the beginning of next year now. Uh, they got an Aquaman movie. They didn't say anything about those. We just got Black Adam, so I felt like you guys are really hoping The Rock saves the entire company at this point. Yeah, it's it sounds like they're trying to like kind of soft rebrand right now, and The Rock is just going to be their spokesperson. Like they just dumped a ton <laughs> yeah. of money into him and say, "Hey, you got to be DC." And maybe I mean, let's go back, but twenty years or whatever, fifteen years, something like that. Oh God, I'm so old. Yeah, it's probably twenty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when nobody really knew Iron Man, comic book fans did, but it was not a household name. And then the movies started to come out. Marvel started to just knock him out of the park. And I mean, Spider Man was still doing okay back then, but Iron Man became the new like head of Marvel. Yeah. And so DC, yeah, you have Batman, Superman, point. Wonder Woman are the head of DC, but maybe not forever. Maybe Black Adam is going to be their new you know, superhero on, on the cereal boxes and everything. And we're going to think of Superman as a thing of the past. It's tricky though. Cause black Adam's a villain. <laughs> so, um, it's even better. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you could tell by the trailer already. And it's one of the things that me and squeaks were kind of worried about is they're going to do this whole, like he's a bad guy, but when he comes a good guy and mm. it's like, just let somebody be a bad guy. It's okay. I th- it sounds like they're going to do the Loki thing though, where he's kind of like, he's doing the bad things yeah. for the right reason. And then eventually he turns and realizes he's got to walk that line a little tighter. Yeah, I think you're right. You make a really good point there. Yeah, because Iron Man was like unheard of. I like that idea. Like Black Adam might be the face of the, the company for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, there was he did get booed by the way. So there's a a little bit of a joke. You know, he did. People, somebody asked who would win, Shazam or Superman, and a lot of the people in the room there were there to see. Hey, is Henry Cavill getting any Superman movies? Because Henry Cavill Superman, I personally really enjoyed Man of Steel. I thought it was a really good movie. But it was bogged down by Batman vs. Superman and then bogged down more by Justice League. And so they want to see Henry Cavill still have the role. And so somebody asked who would win in a fight. And The Rock's answer was, well, they're very close. I think it depends on whoever's playing Superman. And he got booed. You know how hard it is for The Rock in America to get booed? <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> That's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he later on, I actually just found it this morning, told CBR uh, dot com that Henry Cavill's a friend of his and 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 he really you know wants his career to do well and stuff like that. Not necessarily saying that he is Superman anymore, but um, yeah, I don't know. What do they do with the Superman character, John? And it's such a big character for them. What are they going to do? Yeah, so I mean, just from that alone, I know that's not a big poll. You had maybe a thousand people in the room, or five or ten thousand, whatever it was. But I mean, that shows that fans like you know Henry Cavill and they want him to continue to play him. So lean into it make a series with money behind it. Uh, it could be a mini series uh, building up, you know, the Superman story and then Superman versus black Adam in a movie yeah. and let that be black Adam's redemption. I know he's probably going to already be redeemed in his movie. Um, but I, I think it'd be obviously the fans want it and that would be an awesome, you know, story to tell. So I could yeah, see I like an HBO it. level. Yeah. Movie or yeah. series. You know, I mean, I think, well, black, black Adam's one of those characters that, that varies between like a villain and an anti-hero, yeah. um, you know, which I'm all about anti-heroes myself uh, and villains. They're usually my favorite characters. So, you know, I think um, with Black Adam, 
yeah, obviously they're they're definitely trying a, a rebranding kind of thing. Um and and the rock's a really great way to do that. Um but it is hard to just ignore the presence that Superman has always had on the DC universe. Right. Um and you know, what are they going to do with Batman? You know, I mean, uh, some people, I guess, liked the Ben Affleck Batman, but let's be real. You know, Batman versus Superman was a terrible movie. And yeah. Ben Affleck was, in my opinion, a mediocre Batman. Um, he's an OK Bruce Wayne. You know, he he plays that vibe better. But uh, yeah, you know, Henry Cavill makes a great Superman and a lot of people just really like Henry Cavill. Um, so I they're they're definitely trying to figure out what they're doing with Superman. And unfortunately that's just kind of leans into DC has no idea what they're doing over the next two years. Hmm. One thing they could do is write in, if they make a Superman series, uh, write him into where he's becoming a little too controlling or he's just not the Superman's not the hero that the people need him to be. And Black Adam is seeing that, like we've seen in other, other, I think you talk about in the boys, where like a superhero might save a person or a cat or something like that, but they cause so much destruction in the process, or there's so much suffering that they don't see or something like that. There could be a a buildup of a story where Superman's just out of touch and Black Adam comes in and they're, you know, you're seeing from Black Adam's perspective that, you know, this guy's actually causing so much death and damage that he needs to be stopped. And then I can see that story the other way around. Like I could see Black Adam thinking he's a hero and, yeah. and then he like knocks down a building to get this cat off the top. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that way we can kind of, you know, he becomes black Adam will become the hero to stop Superman. And then Superman retires. That'd be fine. He's like, all right, you guys yeah. don't need me anymore. I'm going to go back to my home planet. DC's destroyed. got this real funny problem where <laughs> every time they make like a random side movie, it becomes outstanding. Some freaking how like they could, mm. they make a movie called the Joker. Then they make a movie called The Batman. And it's like, well, yeah, those are the best two movies you made in the last 10 years. And they're not connected to anything. <laughs> it's like, well, then just make those. Don't make, mm-hmm. don't, or if you're going to do a whole connected thing, sounds like you should start again and just let Robert Pattinson run one of them. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, I feel like WB, they have a dartboard of bad ideas, and like maybe one good idea somewhere in there. And they just keep hitting everything but the good idea. And Damn shame. And, uh, you know, and then like I, we had the Shazam trailer. We could talk about that as well. It's it feels like their version of Thor now where it's just a comedy. Uh, I have very little interest in it. Uh, the only thing that could redeem that entire movie is if Black Adam shows up in it, because that'll, you know, <laughs> that's it. I mean, really, there's nothing to it. I don't know. I disagree. I thought I thought that looked really funny and, and good. And imagine if Marvel didn't exist, that would have been the biggest you know, yeah. superhero movie of the summer. That was that looks like to me a huge success for maybe the younger generation and even to some extent for for me, for our generation. Yeah. Uh, but we're comparing it apples to apples with Marvel, who has just so much experience now and turning out amazing superhero movies so much. So yeah. we're getting tired of them doing it. But <laughs> so I think DC's finally kind of getting some traction on what they do. Uh, but it's kind of it's hard because they're competing with someone who's an expert at that already. Yeah, does that influence that? Have, that must influence our outlook on DC. And it would be very mm-hmm. interesting to take a real deep dive and see if Marvel didn't exist, would DC be having a problem at all? Would we think of this as bad at all? Yeah, I don't think so. I think even their bad movies would be doing pretty good compared. You know, if they, if there wasn't Marvel to set the scale. 
I don't know. I mean, do you remember those George Clooney Batmans? Because I do. The nipples on the bat suit. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and and honestly, I watched the first Shazam, and I thought it was pretty decent. You know. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's it's got more of that that later Thor movie vibe, but I like that because it's a movie that's not taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, Superman. You know, Man of Steel. Right. Man of Steel was taking a very dark, gritty approach to Superman, which I liked because Superman's always felt really campy to me. Yeah. You know, Um, and I find that extremely boring, Um, you know, and of course, then you, you throw in Batman, who's also a dark, gritty, you know, hero. And and then you throw in Wonder Woman, which was. Pretty, pretty serious still, you know, there was a little bit of comedy, you know, they tried, but, but sometimes you just, you just need that character that kind of lightens things up. And I think Shazam does a really good uh, job of that. Um, I thought the first one was fun. I'm looking forward to the second one more so than most of these other DC movies, to be honest (laughs) with you. Um, You know, because it's... (sighs) It's just such a can I don't know, man, that that whole that whole series, you know, Justice League, um, you know, now they really don't know what they're doing. Are they going to another Justice League or what? What are they doing with Superman? They don't know. What are they doing with Batman? They don't know. Um, you know, how are they gonna change the the Aquaman stuff, you know, in the wake of the Amber Heard trial? They don't know. Uh, what are they gonna do with the Flash because of Ezra Miller's shenanigans? They don't know. You know, so yeah, these little assault is now shenanigans, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into something that yeah, serious yeah. necessarily, you know, <laughs> here. But yeah, I mean, Ezra Miller, obviously, you've they've tried to ignore it. They've tried to just kind of let things run their course because they've already invested in it. But I mean, it's just at the point where I, I'm pretty sure they've realized Ezra Miller's got to go. So then, what do you do, like? That pretty much leaves your franchise is Wonder Woman and Superman, but you don't know what you're doing with Superman, you know? So it's, it's so confused. And yeah, I think, I think uh, you guys are right, right? Like these little spinoff movies that didn't really matter to the whole arc are actually the best, some of the best stuff they've done. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The fact that, Flash this year coming out like I think December or no it was but now I'm sorry yeah now it's like March of next year you expect us to see another trailer for that at, at Comic-Con it was like the easiest thing you would definitely do nope <laughs> we're not gonna mention that movie uh check it out if you guys I would be surprised if that shit lands on HBO Max instead of theaters if as much as they're trying to not show Ezra Miller ever again and they already are talking about like yeah we're recasting Flash we're getting a new Flash we're not using Ezra Miller yeah, it's pretty pretty atrocious over there. All right, let, guys, surprisingly, Marvel and DC weren't the only two things at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So at 45 minutes, let's go ahead and talk about some other stuff real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, the House of Dragon. We had this big trailer. They actually released it right before Comic-Con, and then they talked about it throughout the, uh, the event. I personally am a big fan of everything Game of Thrones, right? And I'm even reading this book, slowly but surely. I'm reading the, the book that this is going to be based off of. Is there still an appetite, though, for Game of Thrones? Oh, definitely. I think as soon as they start to release the, the trailers regularly, when the show's about to air and there's going to be so much energy in the air, so much buildup before it, people are going to be re-watching the, the previous series and stuff. 
uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm pretty sure it's going to be huge. And I hope this is as good as the original story. Uh, you know, obviously, like you're saying, they're going to have eight different spinoffs. So I think there's going to be something for everyone mm-hmm. out of that. But uh, yeah, I'd, they did such a good job with, with Game of Thrones. I don't think they're going to mess this up. Yeah. Um, this is going to be taking place during the Dance of the Dragons. It's a Targaryen civil war. Um, basically, a king, his name is Jaharis. He lives so long that he actually, instead of his kids inheriting, his grandkids inherit from him. And there's a bunch of kerfuffle over like which house should actually get it because at that point there's enough mix-ups and um, the Velarons, like other near Targaryens get involved. Uh, so it's a bit of a mess. So basically it's going to be Targaryen versus Targaryen. A lot of dragons, guys. A lot of mm-hmm. dragons. Uh, but there's not a lot of source material. Scott, we've talked about this. How do you think they're going to do? What's your confidence in them not having the same amount of source material? I perceive one of, I, I think it's going to be one of two things, right? You know, because definitely the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, you know, as much as I've tried to defend them, you know, because I still enjoyed them, you know, we definitely see a drop in quality as they reach the end of the last book that has been written, right? Yeah. Um, so without, without solid source material, the show kind of fell apart. They tried. They did the best they could. You know, how much of that was George R. R. Martin's uh, holding them back almost, you know, and trying to keep them tied down to plot lines that he hasn't honestly probably solidified himself, you know? Yeah. Um, but then again, I think there's enough of just a foundation of lore that if they have the creative license they need, maybe they can do something great with it, you know? So I, I, I just really see it going one of two ways, which is we're going to get something new, something exciting that they're, they're really having fun with, or yeah. we're going to get, you know, basically the last three seasons in Game of Thrones again, um, which were decent. Yeah. Which definitely bad, not necessarily, as good. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Cause it's like, well, they didn't have as many chats around the table that I liked. It's hard because it was, they were still dope as hell, but in comparison, it's kind of the DC to Marvel situation again, where when you're comparing it to what was perfect before, you're having a hard time with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, you know, for me, there's so many like beloved characters in the Game of Thrones series that it's almost like, can I imagine a Game of Thrones series without them? I mean, no Tyrion Lannister, really? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> By the way, oh my God, Disney Mom's gone wrong on the next episode. They call him Tyrone <laughs> Lannister for so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw Tyrone. that TikTok too. That was crazy. That was funny. They had me done. They're like, starts with a T. I think it's Tyrone Lannister. <laughs> I was like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be good. No matter what, I think it'll actually be good. Uh, it's just, it, it can they, I mean, again, yeah, that Tyrion Lannister, Jon Snow, some of the greatest characters. And the source material exists for this. It's just, in comparison, it's like trying to make three movies off The Hobbit versus trying to make three movies off of the Lord of the Rings series. Obviously, one is better than the other, you know. So we'll have to see what's going forward. Hey, I like The Hobbit, okay? <laughs> I like The Hobbit too, but you know you can't realistically plan on making three movies out of that. Those are, those are, it's a very short book, actually. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I you know, I know, I know The Hobbit gets a lot of hate and I get it, but I really enjoyed him. I, I think they did a really decent job of making it into three movies but like holy shit i was not expecting that that third one felt like a stretch in my opinion that <laughs> yeah, one felt yeah like, the third like, one was really pushing it yeah 
<laughs> so we'll see. Uh, all right. And then we're, we live in a great. So lately, if you guys are, you know, geek fans like us, you've been watching Star Trek and Orville and sci-fi galore. Well, we're about to head into the fantasy side of that. We're going to have House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power. We got our first trailer for this. This is going to be off of the Cimmerillion, kind of the textbook for the Lord of the Rings world. Uh, Scott, how familiar are you with this Cimmerillion uh, story? Um, I've never sat down and read the Silmarillion. Um, and there's, there's a couple other, you know, books. Um, I think it's like the unexplained, unexplored tales or something like that. You know, there's a couple books around this, but you know, I, I've spent a lot of time on, you know, Wikipedia and I've, Mm -hmm. I've dealt in some discussions on, on Reddit and Quora and stuff. So I'm kind of an amateur, uh, Tolkien, I don't know. They they have like a name for them, right? Like, like of a, course a, they do. A Tolkien historian or something like that. Oh you my know? god! Like, so I I know Ugh. enough to know that I don't know as much as I'd like. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know Elvish, but I'll just know how to say hi and where's the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <there you go. laughs> uh, I no. It, one thing I will say. When I heard about this series, I'm like, yeah, but it's never going to be the same thing as Lord of the Rings. It's never going to be as good as that. This trailer, though, I still don't think it'll live up to the nostalgia aspect of Lord of the Rings. But quality wise, it feels like it's on par with that. Do you agree with me, Scout? Yeah, I mean, um, it looks really good, you know, and and they've they've allowed themselves this really big time period to kind of work with. Um, and I do think it is going to span a long time, which is why yeah. it's going to focus a lot on the elves. Um, you know, yeah, it, the the quality is there. You know, obviously Amazon spent a lot of money on this, um, but I'm really excited to d- dive back into the world of Lord of the Rings. You know, I mean, yeah. The Hobbit was fine and all, but it didn't really fulfill the the lore that I want to see. You know, the the real story. You know, there's so much to pull off of i mean you know jr Tolkien, the silmarillion is basically it's like a history book you know yeah. so just imagine you're given license like hey uh make some movies and the dates we want you to make it work in is like from the year 1000 to today you know like that's the kind of yeah. uh, t- you know s- there's so much they can do right and i really really hope they do it well because the Tolkien universe is is actually really amazing if you give it the time to tell its story. That's a good point. Like it's such a big span. It's like if you're trying to do a lot of history, it's like, okay, so George Washington and Abraham Lincoln team up, they fight the Nazis. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a little tricky in that sense. Um and, and I will say also House of Dragons, House of the Dragons, that's off of their textbook. So both of these stories are like history books now make a narrative out of them in, in it to a degree. I'm excited. I love the Lord of the Rings, you know, movies and there's just never enough content for it. So I'm happy to, to see the series. My question for you though, is, is side by side watching these two trailers, which one do you think is going to buy them more subscriptions between HBO and, and Amazon? Such I, a good I, question. <laughs> I only recently got Amazon prime. So now it's a whole nother library stuff I can watch. Yeah. Uh, but I already had HBO, so it wasn't even a question for me that I would watch Game of Thrones. But I knew I wanted to get Amazon before uh, the series started to air. But will you? Will, I'm sure you probably already have Prime. But do you think that 
if somebody has HBO and not Prime, that they would subscribe as well just to get this other show? Or do you think one show would be enough? I, I don't know. I can't justify what I'm saying, but I think the Game of Thrones one would get more new subscribers than the Lord of the Rings one. And mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure why. I, I, I agree. And I think it's because they have the most recent hype. You yeah. know, Game of Thrones has had those great movies a while back and The Hobbit and stuff like that. But no, nothing that everyone was talking around the water cooler about recently. And yeah. Game of Thrones you know, series just ended, what, two years, three years ago. And it was pretty, pretty hot and popping when it was. That's a good question. What do you think about that question, Scott? You know, I mean, as much as I'm a Lord of the Rings fan um, and a Game of Thrones fan, I think I think Game of Thrones right now is definitely more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who's a little younger than us, you know, maybe they didn't grow up just watching Lord of the Rings all the time. Um, you know, they they're more introduced with the Hobbit movies, which I think are fine. But probably you're not like, oh, man, like, I really want to see more about this world, you know, be, uh, yeah. And, you know, there's unless if there's I don't think there's a well, maybe there is. Is there a monthly subscription to Prime Video or is it just that chunk of oh, Buy Prime? I think it's I think it's like all Prime. Yeah, I think it's basically just Prime. Right, yeah, Jonathan, I, you just I got think, it. What do you think? Is that true? I think that's yeah, where I, they're messing up. Yeah, we didn't get video separate. I don't know if that's an option. We just got regular, okay. like a prime subscription. But yeah. if that's not an option, I think it really should be because that would be, I think that would increase their sales a lot. You know, yeah, I don't order stuff on Amazon or whatever, which I don't think this person. That's not a thing anymore. Out that, yeah, everybody <laughs> does. But if you don't care about about uh, shipping times and stuff like that, then, you know, at least you for, you know, three bucks a month or something like that, subscribe and get access to all their shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I'm hyped for all of these, but yeah, I, I, what you're th- saying about watching Lord of the Rings all the time, it kind of threw me off because it reminded me of like every time a more unedited version came out, I've got it. Like oh, a yeah, more cut. <laughs> now with 11 more minutes of elves walking around, oh, I got to go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I will sit she down and like watch... just go by the extended <laughs> Exactly. I will sit down uh, and watch all 15 hours of these three movies. <laughs> yeah. So much. Okay. Oh man, Helm's Deep, that battle. Oh, it's still mm. the, like the most perfect thing ever put on screen. It's so gorgeous. Oh, it's so cool. Oh man. All right, let's go ahead and talk. Hey guys, we have another fantasy thing that surprised me. Dungeons and Dragons trailer. Mm. I forgot this was even a thing. It's a movie. And uh, my immediate reaction to this is that it feels like it's Guardians of the Galaxy, but fantasy. It's <laughs> funny. It doesn't take itself seriously. And for some reason, I think that works perfect for Guardians of the Galaxy. Or for uh, Dungeons and Dragons, because that's how it is when you play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Scott, you and me were on the same D&D team for a while until people have got busy with like life and weird shit like that. Yeah, what do you think God, about get this? Get a life, people. I know, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, I actually watched the, the first one that came out in like 2003 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's terrible, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, they did not invest well in the CGI for one thing, but it was just bad. And, you know, now that I've played, you know, D&D with people, um, it feels like a movie that was made by people who had never played D&D. You know, like I first went into D&D like, oh man, yeah, I'm a warlock. I've got to be serious. You know, we got to win. Um, yeah. and, and even, you know, because my warlock died very quickly. So I made my paladin and I was like, I'm going to be a super serious, good paladin. But like, that's, I forgot about that. you know, 
Kyle was off doing pure insanity. Like that's just all you can say is he was purely insane doing things, but that was what made it so much fun, especially when it worked. And you're like, how, how does this work? And that's where I think the second one is coming from is just like, Insan- you know, they're, they're hitting that insanity the players enjoy while doing a campaign. Kyle would randomly find orbs in caves and basements and, and would just shove them into his head, guys. <laughs> He'd take an orb, <laughs> shove it into his head, gave him god powers. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Or would shut him down sometimes. <laughs> like, he's like, I find orb, I grab it, shove it into my face. Like, what? <laughs> and then eventually he got the five orbs and he became super powerful. It's a whole thing. And we're just like, meanwhile, like, I'm trying to keep people alive. And I can fly, so I'm always like, I'm going to keep you guys alive until I think I might get hurt, and then I'm getting the hell out of here. And, and yeah, I remember what happened to your warlock. That's not great. <laughs> but uh, that was, uh, man, I miss D&D. That was a lot of fun. It looked like it's going to be a good movie, but it looked like it was, you know, all the, the fantasy stuff that we like and like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Though Game of Thrones is a little more mainstream, I give you that, but... It looked like this movie was made to be watched by people who don't really know that world yet, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll find it kind of funny and maybe a segue, a way to bring them into into the fantasy world a little yeah. bit. Uh, there are some definitely call it callbacks or, or references to the game. Um, DD is so expansive that like yeah, beholders are a thing, but you could basically make up any creature you want. You know, as as we've seen many a times. Um, I my favorite part though, a little reference was the fact that. Chris Pine, who I'm happy he's he's working. I, sometimes it feels like he does this, is a bard. He's got a little loot, <laughs> and that's his big thing. And it's like if you guys know bards, I feel like the first time you play D D, you play whatever looks cool. The second time you play D D, everybody wants to be the bard because it's just this like <laughs> badass thing where it's like everybody's fighting with swords, and you're like, let me play this tune that'll make the dragon dance <laughs> and throw everything <laughs> off. It's great. So I, I can't wait for them to toy around with the bard character. He feels like a uh, again with Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill. Star Lord, he feels like one of those characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything else on Dungeons and Dragons before we move on to Star Trek? Negative. Negative. Okay. Star Trek. We got a couple things here. We got a first look at the next gen crew. Old Man Worf is looking good. All right. I love Old <laughs> yeah. Man Worf. Right. The nice, nice silver hair and everything. Yeah. Not looking a legit. captain. What do you think happened to him? Where he's not a captain now. Mm. Everybody else is a captain. Maybe you didn't want to be a captain. That's a lot of responsibility. I, Who wants to be in charge of all these other people? Or yeah. I think maybe he still has like a, a Star Trek uniform. He's got the yellow on top. But mm. maybe like he got promoted in the Klingon side of things. And so he's part of like a Klingon high council or something like that. And so we'll, put, maybe well see he wouldn't there. be wearing a Starfleet uniform, would he? If right. He was, I don't know. He's, he's probably better fit to be an ambassador between the two nations anyways. Yeah. Because so maybe you know moved up within Starfleet, but doesn't want to take the responsibility of captaining a ship. You know, yeah, he's, he's better fit to be flexible to, you know, work between the two. Spock, legendary badass, of course, basically left Starfleet to then foster foster uh, a union between Romulans and, and Vulcans. He's the reason Romulans and Vulcans got to, got along afterwards. And I like the idea that maybe Worf is like that important to his people now. And so maybe mm-hmm. we'll see something like that. He's wearing a sword on the back. I saw this morning. Somebody explained this. The sword on his back is actually designed by the guy that des- designed the bat lifts. And so maybe mm-hmm. that sword will be like a ceremonial sword. That's like, this is for the ambassador of our, pe- of our planet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that'll really lean into it. 
that'd be really cool. Uh, other stuff we got, Lower Decks. It, within Lower Decks is going to be headed to Deep Space Nine. Did you watch the Lower Decks trailer by chance, John? I didn't end up putting it on. I did one. not. No. And I, I, I love this. I mean, I love it and I don't love it because to me, Lower Decks just does not feel like Star it's Trek not, at all. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I, I kind of don't want it to be touching too much of the things that I love. But if they're going to, then yeah, you got to go to Deep Space Nine. It's, yeah. it, it would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like uh, this is this is too this is too much fun and not enough following the rules. But it's a hundred percent that like the, the Cerritos would have been blown up by Starfleet so many times over. Just like <laughs> no, that ship can't exist. Um, yeah. And then also this part is a tough one to understand how they're going to do this. But apparently the Cerritos crew will appear on Strange New Worlds. How mm-hmm. how will this work? This is this is yeah. definitely mixing the worlds up. Yeah, that would have to be Strange New Worlds crew going into a different dimension or a digital form or something like that. Maybe a holodeck simulation holodeck, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but holodeck, but yeah, I hope was the holodeck around in Strange New World era? Because that's TOS. No, no. That's right. They don't think they, they think Next Gen was the first one to show a holodeck. Though, you know, Strange New Worlds is bending a lot of rules about what technology they had at the time. Um, but yeah, I don't, I hope they don't try to make the, you know, Cerritos crew live action and bring him into that. Cause that would just be messy. I think I actually would prefer that. I would prefer if like, what is his name? Daniel Quaid, that could be right. And, and you know, if, <laughs> if, if the two of them actually were like their live action actors came over, cause that's the one, that's the guy from the boys. It's the one from, uh, space force. Those two actors, if they came over in live action, I would prefer that more so than two cartoons walking around like Roger rabbit, you know? Yeah, well, I'm thinking like the the Strange New Worlds crew becomes animated too, and they are in in you know some program or whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, that's really corny or cheesy or whatever too. Yes. So I think they should just go ahead and not do it. It's just not mixed animated and live action. That'd be fine. Scott, are you keeping up on any of this new Star Trek stuff? No, I don't. Uh, I don't watch TV like on a TV, um, and I don't have Paramount Plus, so no. Um, but to go off that, like, cause I mean, if like strange new worlds is, uh, you know, the original series time period. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's it, you know, the lower decks, lower decks is like next gen deep space nine timeline or time period. Like you have to make animated and live action compatible with time travel? Yeah, I don't know. I'm with Jonathan. I don't think they should even go down that road. Guys, I yeah, just solved it. It's a Q. A Q's got to do something. Just make a uh, Q make yeah. this all happen. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and actually Lower Decks has to be post-Voyager, right? Because the whole Paris plate yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, post-Voyager. It must be. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're definitely Which, offset from time. Is it next-gen post-Voyager? No. Next gen fo- is followed by Deep Space Nine. Because in Nemesis, he talks to Admiral Janeway. In, mm, in Star Trek Nemesis, true. he talks to Janeway. Yeah. And there's that that Ferengi goes through a wormhole on now uh, Next Gen, and then comes out in Voyager Ugh. on False Prophets. Where's Remember Kevin? That? Maybe uh, Kevin. Will know. <laughs> yeah. So they mu- maybe Voyager and Next Gen are on the same same timeline. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there must be something there. Oh. And, and, and 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 Nemesis is one of the movies, so that could be quite a bit in the future. Mm-hmm. That's hard to tell. Nemesis is good though. Check that out, guys. Um, and then last thing I want to mention, Shatner got some beef because he said that Gene Ronberry be rolling in his grave over this latest Star Trek stuff. He thinks it's all terrible and not living up to code. 
Now, I want to throw this out there. Shatner's like in his 90s. I think he's just a grumpy ass old man at this point. And so I think this is just old man talking. What are your thoughts, John? I, I got to agree with Shatner to an extent. Yeah. I think, I don't think Gene would, Gene Roddenberry would have made any of this new stuff that's out right now. Maybe, maybe Discovery. I think that would fit. And uh, so let me rephrase that. I don't think he would have made Lower Decks at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he did he make would an have animated Star Trek though. Yeah, and he may may have done another animated Star Trek, but it would have been like his Star Treks, okay. not, you know, tongue-in-cheek and all, like, this slapstick kind of humor. It would have been, you know, fitting for his vision. Uh, but that being said, if it continues to pursue his vision, even just through, you know, someone else's perspective, then I think it's good. But to me, it I don't think it does. I don't think it's the same same message or, or anything that he really originally you know, envision. So that's why I don't, I love all the Star Treks except for Lower Decks. Cause to me, it's just not a Gene Roddenberry based production at all. It's just, they are stealing the logos and stuff like that, but it's not Star Trek. So I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, I think, I mean, Lower I, Decks, I'd argue is probably my favorite version of Star Trek at right now. I mean, just means you're not a Star Trek fan. Uh, Sorry. Well, I'm an adult animation <laughs> fan kidding. above all. I mean, like I watch Simpsons and Futurama yeah. and Bob's Burgers all the time. Rick and Morty. Rick and yeah. Morty, yeah. Uh, but so, so that it was a really good combination of two worlds. But I know I don't take it seriously. Like the fact that it's not canon, I think, is kind of important to me. Um, so, so there's that. Do, do you think? Do you think Gene Roddenberry would make would like to see something like that made, or do you think it would would not jive with him? Lower decks, I could see being a problem. But I think one of the big complaints is Discovery, because Discovery's the one where people really throw a fit over, and a lot yeah. of it's because of you know virtue signaling and whatnot. And at the end of the day, like I, he, you know, in his complaint, um, <laughs> uh, Shatner was saying like, oh, I known him for three years. I got to know him pretty good. But then if you look into it, because of course I did, uh, if you look into it, a lot of the people out of the regular TOS crew and next gen, when he came on the next gen crew did not like Shatner, like he was an asshole on mm-hmm. set. Right. So I kind of feel like there's also a level of like, if you look at George Takei, definitely wouldn't be saying that about discovery. George Takei yeah. sure loves discovery. Yeah, you know, same crew, and then if you look at the next gen people, shit, Jonathan Frakes just directs them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you know, I don't, I don't know. I think that's why I chalk a lot of this up to he's like ninety one years old and he's grumpy. Um, yeah, and so that's where so. I would draw the line. Is I don't if if he's talking about Discovery, then I think he's wrong. I think Roddenberry would yeah. would like it. It's not his exactly what he would have produced himself. It's but it's his vision being continued on by the next generation. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't think he would like Lower Decks is my only. And I believe he's specifically complaint. talking about Strange New Worlds because somebody asked him about the new version of Kirk that came up in Strange New Worlds. And I, oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine him not liking Strange New Worlds because that's feels, in my opinion, much like TOS. Yeah, more than more than any of the other shows we've yeah. seen. That feels so much more like his original, you know, few series. So take it with a grain of salt, guys. I will throw out this. He also said fuck Star Wars except for Mark Hamill. So that tells you what's <laughs> going on with this old guy. He, ju- he literally said nice. that, fuck Star Wars except for Mark Hamill, because he's working with Mark Hamill on He-Man. He joined He-Man. So it's like, if you weren't <laughs> working with him, would you just say fuck Mark Hamill too? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> That's pretty bad. What an old fart. He came back from space and grumpy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, because I, I think it's important to remember, you know, like Star Trek is oftentimes not even been, it's not about science. It's not about space. It's about the cultural evolution of, of right. us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
you know, back on Earth is uh, a utopia kind of, you know, perfect government and society and stuff. You know, obviously, sometimes we we have episodes that come back to Earth and, you know, nothing's perfect. Um, yeah. You know, we see flaws, but it's definitely a lot. They're doing a lot better than we are these days, you know. Um, so it's an evolution of humanity. And, you know, I mean, Gene Roddenberry very early on was tackling these cultural issues in a very straightforward way, you know, the, where we see with, you know, Ahura and, and Kirk, you know, um, and their kiss, which was unheard of at the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if discovery is, is going even further into that, I think that's exactly what he would want. Um, you know, and there's always been a, a lot of scientific basis for the show. He, he seemed to really enjoy the science behind space travel and, and all these gadgets and stuff, you know, where we see like they have their little communicators. Now we have flip cell phones, you know? Um, but yeah, like it's, it's not just a space show. It's the show about humanity, you know, 100%. That's kind of really what the core is. What was Kevin always says, um, Star Trek uses sci-fi to tell stories, you know, basically, Oh, that's what it is. Star Trek uses the lens of sci-fi to look at problems of today. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, that's what Star Trek's about. And if you're not happy with what Star Trek's showing right now, it's because you're not happy with what's going on with today. And, and I think that's kind of what it boils down to. I mean, maybe William Shatner isn't really a Star Trek fan. Oh, burn! <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He's all into that Stargate. I knew it. No, you know, <laughs> I, again, I, I, love, I love Shatner and, and everything like that. I just think that... At a certain age, you you kind of just don't care anymore. It's not like my grandpa's watching a lot of TikToks and is going to know what's up on the TikTok trend. You know, he doesn't care about some <laughs> emu that keeps, you know, interrupting a girl. He's just not mm-hmm. going to give a crap. So, um, And he's not worried about censoring himself anymore either. He doesn't care right. what people care. If he says something offensive, he's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. At those people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last couple things here. National Treasure Series, not going to have Nick Cage. So. I think, I think that's fine though, right? I mean, he's, 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 he's a good I actor, but. But yeah, the, the movie, yeah. but I think the series could be good if it follows the same kind of treasure hunt, you know, story yeah, uh, with some interesting facts and true history in it. Uh, I, it could still be good without him. It's just it's probably not going to bring in the big bucks that they expected yeah. if it had Nick Cage in it, you know, it's going to be on Disney Plus. So that's I'll probably watch it because of that part. They get you that damn Disney Plus is getting better and better all the time. Mm. Um, what else we got? Walking Dead spinoff. OK, this one got me hyped. Rick and Michonne series. So it's going to be basically just about Rick and Michonne. I'm probably tuning in because of that. Cause I just miss Rick Grimes. And where was the timeline of that? What, at what point was it just the two of them together? Though? It'll probably be after walking dead, walking dead's ending this year, this year, that next okay. year, whatever this next season is the last half season of walking dead. So it's going to be old man, Rick. I was hoping it was like kind of early on, uh, when they first met, you know, maybe there's a couple years that we missed and it, you know, did a time-lapse go back and, and see those years. That would have been cool. But yeah, I, I think this is going to be older Rick. Uh, Cause we have, we had a Rick movie that was going to be made and they said, this is going to take, we're going to remove the movie and actually be a series. So, nice. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the, the, oh, we talked about the avatar movie. Um, so what was your biggest takeaway from San Diego comic-con going in? We had a lot of concerns on what we wanted to see, what kind of directions we wanted to get coming out of it. What was your biggest takes? Scott, let's start with you. Um, I mean, I think we're just 
I don't know. It, it just feels like the entertainment industry in general is just kind of marking time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, some things are getting better. Some things are getting worse, um, like the DC universe uh, and the Marvel universe is getting better, you know. Um, but overall, it just feels like more of the same that we've had for the last 10 or well, 20 years, you know, now since Iron Man came out. So I don't know, like I, I'm still going back to I'm I'm looking for something new, something fresh, something exciting as much as I am ready to enjoy some of these things that are coming out it it just feels like i'm still in high school you know watching marvel and lord of the rings movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair uh for myself uh you know i wanted to make sure that we had a direction for marvel and I, we definitely have that now i'm very happy with the direction for marvel i'm a little worried in the pacing because i mean like if you guys think about it 2005 is not very far away entire three more or three phases squished into that feels so fast when the first three phases took 10 years, it feels like it's going to be much quicker. Um, <clears throat> but I'm happy with the direction because Secret Wars is a really cool thing. Um, and then I, one thing I took away from San Diego Comic-Con is how important it is that they're adapting and going to the streaming market. I think this is something we knew was coming for a while now. It's been obvious. Stranger Things is more important to me than any movie that came out this year. And Marvel knows that. Marvel's making stuff for TV, specifically for TV. And they're either going to force you to do it with some shows or they're going to be like, look, we could develop this character in a better way with other shows. And I think in Paramount now, they don't care about making Star Trek movies. They don't need to. They're going to make these shows and they're going to be really good or, or you're going to watch them at least. And that's it. So I think that we're seeing now kind of this solidified era of, hey, we're going to our own streaming services. I remember back, remember you guys when like Paramount Plus and all this stuff was getting launched and we're like, this isn't going to last. I mean, Netflix will knock them out and hell no yeah. they're actually all Back doing when it was pretty CBS well access yeah. yeah they're all doing pretty well though actually and you could bounce in and out them if you want to or unfortunately or you know what we actually do we'll have everybody pays for something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. uh you know uh jonathan what did you pull from this comic-con yeah so um same thing like here you're saying that the, pretty much all these streaming services that we thought were just going to kind of fall apart they're actually developing and growing to where there's going to be this big dogfight, this big competition, and we're going to be the ones that reap the benefits. Cause yeah. if you are willing to subscribe to them, you're going to see just, you know, major hit after hit going on streaming. So it's nice. Cause we don't have to go to theaters for everything. Like you were saying, WandaVision was so big and you kind of need to see it to know the, the, you know, MCU storyline, but it was something that you watch at home and you don't have to wait and have that date night. It's once a week, you get another, you know, taste of it, or if it's, you know, dropped all at once, but, uh, so that's kind of nice. I like that, you know, we're getting more streaming and that's where the, the big competition is now, not as much as it used to just be completely dominated by the box office. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get more about the avatar movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready for them to just start. Or the Netflix launching. Anime, avatar series. It's yeah. You know. Yeah. That's kind of, and that's gotta be, uh, finishing up pretty soon, right? I They're thought it was supposed right to come now. out end of this year. It, that's definitely okay. not happening yet, but they are filming it right now. I know that much. Yeah, probably COVID delays and everything. Yeah, uh, but I am excited to see what one thing we talked about more, and it's it's kind of more obvious now is that a lot of uh, a lot of these companies are moving into the fantasy realm a little more mm-hmm. with the fact that you know we're getting a lot more Game of Thrones, uh, we're getting the new Lord of the Rings series, Dungeons and Dragons movie. So you know we've seen. Marvel with all these superhero movies and then all these space movies and you know kind of all, all when one 
companies doing something like that, they all kind of follow a similar trend because that's what's popular at the time. So I'm wondering if Disney kind of uh, jumped the gun a little bit, jumped the shark, you know, and made Eternals a little too soon because that was supposed to be their yeah. tiptoe into fantasy. I, I wonder if they waited. Maybe that would have been more successful. And I'm hoping that like, I know we've had Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones before, but I'm hoping this is kind of a new era where that's going to become like really popular and we're going to get more uh, content in that general realm. I wonder if Eternals would have done better if it was told as like Eternals nowadays reflecting back on their time in fantasy eras, in mm-hmm. Gilgamesh's time and stuff like that, where uh, that would have been, a, I think, probably better use of their movie because the movie, I, you know, I, in my opinion, floundered a little bit. And so I think it would have been more interesting to see them like trying to solve local problems and them actually sparking the war against Troy and stuff, you know, that would have been pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, Comic-Con's goal is to sell comic books. <laughs> we didn't talk about comic books at all, <laughs> but I know that I'm going to be going back and reading the eight issues of Secret Wars, and I'll probably be reading the 16 issues of Kang's Dynasty. Um, there's a couple others I'm interested in. I don't know if you guys are big on comic book reading. Is there any comic books that you'd want to pick up based off of what you've seen today? I'm definitely going to hit the gargoyles ones you talked about. Yeah, that's for sure. And I'm sure that I think there's still more of the uh, Star Trek, uh, like the mirror universe series that they Mm -hmm. have going on. I'm super behind on it, but I have like the first six issues, I think. So I definitely want to get the rest of those to complete that one. In September, they're launching a lower decks and I think a strange new world comic as well. Nice. Yeah. What do you think, Scott? Um, you know, I'm not much of a comic book reader myself. Um, but you know, on the, in the interest of, we're delving into the fantasy world more. I mean, I've got a bookcase full of books that uh, there's some great stories there. If any movie studios would like to hit me up and get my recommendations of what they should go with next. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of good stuff out there that we're just ignoring. Um, and I'd love to see, you know, kind of a, a, a renaissance, you know, uh, of, of fantasy, you know, because yeah, yeah we're, we're getting, this fantasy stuff, but it's fantasy stuff we've seen before. So mm-hmm. hopefully some people start to take a little risk and be like, let's dip our toes in uh, in this fantasy series or that fantasy series. And, and maybe we'll, we'll start to get some new content out of it. I, I You know, you know what the Unsung Hero is? Just real quick, the Unsung Hero, The Last Kingdom. Because I think that's been keeping that freaking torch lit while people were making Game of Thrones and making Lord <laughs> of the Rings, you know, reboots. The last kid has been holding that damn fantasy torch quite well. <laughs> Which yeah. isn't even fantasy. It's, it's historical history, fiction, but, but it, it yeah. ticks a lot of the boxes, you know. Right. You, it feels you see the like big good. battles and the people with yeah. the swords and you know the leaders trying to motivate their armies yeah. in these Angel's overwhelming kings. odds, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean King Alfred trying to just you know, living in a swamp. His kingdom is a swamp at one point, you know, and he loved him and hated cobbles him. <laughs> an army together with Uhtred and they take on the great heathen army. You know, like it's it's really amazing. And anyone who hasn't watched that show, I really think should. Yeah. What I'm think what I'm hearing is we need to rekindle the the LARPing and start making some some big uh events locally. All right, John, you lead the way on that. I'll attend. All you right, just signed right. up for it. You're going to help me make like my foam armor, right? Hell yeah. All right. All if, right. As long as I could be an archer in the background. Yeah. <laughs> there you I'm go. a thick boy archer. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, guys. That is it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I know this has been a long one, but I mean, it's San Diego Comic-Con. What'd you expect? Uh, thank you again for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. See you later.